episode seven of Ryan's Tyler's and Bears on oh my seven really yeah shit dude so if you listen to our last episode with our bandmate and friend Kirk um, which is a great episode if you want to check it out we're actually po- uh, publishing them both on the same day so we're having a double post today we're having double double post two for well there's no price DP we're DPing it today. yeah totally man uh, we we talked about metal which was it was a short but sweet episode. Uh, but one thing me and Tyler promised this episode was going to be a well, it's going to be a chunk. It's going to be a it chunk. It's going to be a of, chunk, segue, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but this is this is going to be a religious episode and a lot about Scientology. And I love when you said religious episode, dude. Like in my head, I like I can imagine being a kid, and it's like, oh fuck, like Uh-oh. the thing you're not Uh-oh. supposed to Uh-oh. talk about. I'm like, so let's talk about religion. That's why nothing ever changes. True. <laughs> I was afraid to talk. Yeah. Uh, but we we wanted we wanted to talk about Scientology because me and Tyler both watched the documentary series on Hulu that came out. Yeah, the uh, the Leia Remini, the King of Queens chick. Yeah, and me and Tyler had the exact opposite opinion of that documentary than anyone else we know. And when everyone else was saying that Scientology was horrible and how horrible these people can be to their followers me and tyler were just like these guys are fucking gangsters hell they they are and watching it i'm like i'm sorry it's like the white people that like have a beef with scientology or like are so-called escapees you know um i'm not doubting their story i don't know i'm a part of scientology (laughs) but watching it was funny as shit because like scientology bilks these people hard and they gather so much info on them when they're members that when they do leave and start doing accusations of Scientology, you better make sure your shit's together. Oh, they, man. Because they will run you into the ground. Yeah. And well, I'm like, these dudes are hard. What? So we, we looked up a little bit about what they said to um, uh, Lana Remedy's like, co-host practically on the show. Yeah, that Australian guy, Mike Rinder. And yeah. so he's like the main anti-Scientology spokesperson. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And they are just like calling him a wife beater, saying he like rips skin off his wife's arms, hates his children, is a low life. They, I mean, they pull everything out, whether it's true or not. Scientologists know, and they go for right the, away. They do the opposite of what you're trained in, like journalism and the media. They go for the jugular every time, and they don't give a shit because they know that the shock value of calling someone a wife beater in huge, just a huge video. Whether or not you believe it or not, it's like calling someone a pedophile. You know? <laughs> Even if you're innocent, you're that guy that was called a pedophile. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, I'm not a fucking pedophile. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what a pedophile would say, sir. You fucking touch kids. Oh, yeah. And I watched in that documentary as these – they were outside some guy's house that was anti-Scientologist. And they come up to him and they're like, hey, you know, what are your crimes? And I, a little segue to that, crimes – don't necessarily mean breaking the traditional law. Yeah, not it's like thought, a criminal history it's crime. It's thought crimes yeah. against the church. But they say, you know, this guy looks like a child molester. And mind yeah. you, there's no basis to call him a child molester. But they just start calling him one and go, yeah, look at him. Look at his child molesting face. I was uh, looking looking towards this episode this weekend. I saw in a, an election commercial for Maria Cantwell. And I forget the Republican lady she's going against. But, you know, they had, like, some facts on how they differ. Uh-huh. And I'm just in my head. I'm like, it'd be awesome if you just called her an alcoholic, child-beating pedophile. Well, yeah, because that's what Scientology does. And they don't give a shit if you can cite the sources or not. Because they've kind of showed it doesn't matter. Well, and I feel, too, like, if you do it so quick 
and so unapologetically and also you're not saying like it's like we have reason to believe they're just saying no he is yeah he is and people can't really go and do an investigation because they're just saying it they're like whatever he is fucking child molester <laughs> white here and this is horrible we me and Tyler understand that this is horrible but we're but, not members of the church of scientology but, and we find it we find it hilarious one thing too that we find hilarious about the whole uproar about the science uh, Church of Scientology too is that me and Tyler believe the reason that it's blown out so much is because this is white rich people getting scammed. Yeah, and they're getting harmed. So when white rich people feel like they've been built and bamboozled and that, then this whole shit storm comes. You get documentaries on it. You get you know there's because there's, these people are millionaires. A lot of them. Yeah, and they well because get, like you you see all these people in these documentaries who have left the church and. You know how much they they got toiled, you know, financially mm -hmm. from from the church. But look, these these people are still living fine. Yeah, they were rich before they joined. You know, granted, like I, I can't speak to their credit if they're in debt or whatnot. But you people are looking yeah, like well, you're doing they're rich. Of course, they're in debt. So. Yeah, yeah. But it it is funny, and like I have to admit, like when I watch that documentary and they're talking about like the so-called like being tortured and stuff and they have like these like rich white people in this room and they're making them crawl around on carpet and that Australian guy was complaining saying the carpet was really rough it was rough carpet <laughs> and it was making his knees and hands really irritated and I'm why like why don't you just stand up dude? And, and I thought it was funny it was like someone has never worked a day in their life like, <laughs> your hands and knees got irritated Ugh. so it, it, it was it's good it's this by no means is us endorsing Scientology, but I find it interesting, and it's such a cultural kind of anomaly. Yeah. And for all the bad press it gets, it's it's funny. And I will say this. Their attacks on people or rebuttals, because the Church of Scientology seems – they're always on the defensive sort of. Someone comes out against them, and then they come full force. Some of it actually they do back up pretty good. Like David Miscavige's father, who's the, he, the David Miscavige is the leader of Scientology. His yeah. father left the church and did all this thing. Oh, my son betrayed me. All oh, the church is terrible. This and that. Well, his son's got recordings of him because you don't fuck with the church of Scientology. <laughs> He's got recordings of his dad saying, you know, calling Jewish people terrible things, saying the N-word, doing all this stuff. And so he's just dropping them like bombs on his dad. Yeah. And one thing, too, about David Miscavige that me and, me and you admire, mm -hmm. but I haven't, I haven't heard too many other people say it, but there has to be something to this because this man is in his late 50s and looks like late 30s. Late 30s and hasn't changed ever since becoming like president of Scientology it, before we were born. Yeah. So something is there like I can't doubt all religion or the supernatural because somebody made a deal with something there. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what it is but he doesn't age. Yeah. And just everything I've heard about like he used to jump up on top of desks and fight people. Yeah and he's really short which makes it even funnier. So to think of like a man that's five foot two Attacking a man that's like six foot three jumps over a boardroom desk and starts socking him in the face. And the man does nothing because he's like the leader. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. That kind of. Well, I remember too, like, like uh, some security guys like pulled one of the guys out that he was beat, beating the shit out of. Yeah. And <laughs> David Scavage, like, 
turned around, talked to one of his security guys. Like, Can you believe that guy was going to hit me? Yeah, he and actually was like, going to do it. It's like, dude, you were pummeling him on the fucking you, face. But and that showed you the level of depth these people are into it where you know your automatic instinct if someone is assaulting you you're going to fight back yeah but they when people are about this scientology or or i think this could go into any type of religion because you can call scientology a cult well all religions are cults really yeah um people will accept stuff you wouldn't normally accept if i sock you in the face you're not going to go yes sir <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, you would have to have severely low self-esteem and actually have like like no no one to convince you otherwise. Well, I think you kind of just answered the basis behind most religion. Yeah. And the adherence to yeah. it. It's it's you're afraid to walk through the world by yourself. Yeah. The thought of it's scary. And we will let's go let's go into more religion. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Scientology, but first, since we're kind of on religion, because uh, me and you have dabbled in kind of esoteric, oh yeah, know, religious movements. Yes, yeah, we we have. Um, I'm gonna play. I'll, I'm gonna play my first song from from Chain Cult, though. Okay, this, good. This band has really nothing to do with Scientology or even religion, but it has the word cult in it. But it had the word cult in it, so I was like, what better time to play? And where are these guys this, from, Ryan? From Greece. Mm. This is off their. Isolation 7-inch, I believe. It was released this year. Um, I talked to, I think, the guitarist, and he was super excited that someone from America liked him. I just think it's cool, this band. Do this band speak in English all the time? As far as I know, yeah. And it's interesting, because people in Greece really do not know English at all. It's but not I, taught. Yeah, but I think one of the guys might be from Spain. Okay. I think maybe the singer may be from Spain. So I think I think Spanish... Spanish it's higher people. than in Greece, but yeah. even, we talked to Victor, you know, and it's it's still fairly rare in Spain. Yeah, uh, but yeah, here's Chain Cult. I've been I've been jamming this ever since I heard it about a month ago. This is awesome. So. What's the song? Noise and regret. Noise and regret. Yeah, here it is.
Yeah, that was that was chain cult from Greece. That's the first time I've actually heard them, dude. And that's awesome. I wasn't quite expecting that type of I don't know if I want to call it new wave. It's so overly used. But. Yeah, well, like I heard this band, I was like, this is a band who's doing what Blitz wanted to do on Second Empire Justice, and th- and that's a good album that Blitz did. But it just goes, it was too. They should have done this. So they could transition into then doing Second Empire Justice. Yes. They went from straight, hard-ass oi to, like, I don't know, more dissonant and softer than the Smiths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as soon as I heard this band, I was like, this is this is awesome. This is way different than, I think, a lot of stuff you're kind of getting into America that has that punk image and and background. Now, like, I think I think there are there is music like this in America. But it's being done by hipsters. It is, and I find it's and hard so, to like that. This is from Greece is cool because like we don't hear a lot of stuff from Greece. Yeah, and that's just a cool thing. And yeah, from America, I'd be highly skeptical. And I can I when you said hipsters making, it, I literally imagined the person <laughs> making it in my head. Well, and it's and, just like just just with them making music in this genre. It's not that like. I'll I'll I'm swearing it off, but it's just it's not going to be accessible to me if it doesn't have a a kind of a punk background. Yeah, was, and I doubt it's authenticity, you know, or you know, honesty. Yeah, you yeah. know. And do you think they recorded this in the Acropolis, da- dude? Well, yes, of course. I can imagine them there, dude. Like how Yanni played his concert in the Acropolis, Chain Cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, I don't think art is. Is is legally able to be made outside the Acropolis? Well, yeah, dude. Where where did Socrates speak? Yes, where did where did where did Bootstroke record? Oh, true, yeah, dude. Bootstroke. That's yeah. where people need to check an English translation. Not a bad band, Bootstroke. I'm sure if you Google Bootstroke, I'm like there would be some films that would come up. Oh God. <laughs> uh, but what we were we were talking about when we left on how. I mean, we we've we understand religion. Like we we've always been wanting to understand religion. Like me and you, I'm talking. Yeah, it interests us, you know. And we've dabbled in you know, kind of learning about. God, I hate using the word esoteric, but you know, things that are outside the the American norm of the few religions you know about, whether they're you know, Judaism, well, well outside of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Yeah, that's all we really know, you know. So it's. You know, you get kind of, in America, that's all people know. So, yeah, you get kind of in Buddhism. You learn about uh, Hare Krishna, obviously. We kind of, we introduced that to people um, who then you know, went on and took it farther than we had kind of wanted well, to they took, Well, they took some something that was that was ours and they took it further. They took it further. If, like, if you know I what, was interested yeah. in the Indian subcontinent and, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, Babar the Elephant, the little elephant in yeah, yeah. British we, colonial I mean, we were, India. We were, we were young. Mm-hmm. It was what young young people are into. Yeah, and I thought Hare Krishna's pretty cool. We got, like, armed monster gods and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's pretty gnarly. So if you can't see where we're going, this dabbles back on how me and Tyler did indeed, did indeed write The Age of Quarrel. Except for one song. Yes, and this the song the song you can't really download online. Um, there's a little feud going on. There's the a little feud. and everyone knows the feud. It's yeah, everyone knows the feud. The thing is though, me me and Tyler who actually did write it, and honestly, if if they have anything to say about us claiming they they wrote it, 
just come at us, guys. Yeah, we're fine. We're it. we're fine. We're fine with everything. We've moved on. You guys can have it and make all the money. We've never made a cent off it and don't care. It's fine, dude. Yeah. I got a job. We got our band. Mm-hmm. It's a, all this has been said before. Let's move on. Yeah, water under the proverbial yeah, but bridge. This, this, the song we wanted to talk about was their song. Uh, and we say their song because we didn't write the song. This no. is this is Seekers of the Truth. We introduced the Hare Krishna philosophy. They wrote this song. It, honestly, n- they're great musicians. This song to me is like a slow Iron Maiden. Well, like kind of. Yeah, they wanted to. I feel like, I feel like they were just wanting to do Sabbath and like this yes. is like we Sabbath we, with too much palm meeting. Well, and yeah, we were like, it's like guys, like we're like the punk edge, like. It's like Harley. You were in the stimulators. There's nothing. Savage we got. About when's that. this going to kick? When's yeah. it going to? When we're going to get yeah. an up tempo going? Yeah, blood clot. Your your vocals are slow on this. There's nothing like that. Yeah, wasting my time. It's something. Something. Serving my mind. Yeah, it really. It's. It's yeah. It's Maiden meets Sabbath meets Dad Rock meets yeah. Yeah, but it all has to do with. That them not wanting to walk, walk their own line, which I think is they said with all religion. You know, it's it's people. I think there wouldn't be all these religions in the world if we didn't crave. It's scary being alone. It, you know, I think to people, you know, and you want to explain things, and all religion is really the same yeah. thing, whether it's Jesus Christ or Krishna armed monster yeah. lion thing. Well, like on on the topic, <laughs> on the topic of eight armed. Krishna elephant gods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one one thing me and you have talked about before is that uh, I read that like hippies in San Francisco couldn't wait for Shwarma Prabhupada, the man who created Hare Krishna from Hinduism, to come over to the West Coast from New York so he can bring he could bring this religion to to the West Coast. Yeah. And I found that so weak that you know like these liberal. These little liberal or I mean I'm saying in some cases radical hippies couldn't just because it wasn't Christianity they were so about it. Well, because what it was they I think the '60s because we've talked a little bit about that the '60s was kind of the death of in the real left in my you know frame of thinking, and it substituted radical action and politics for drugs and spirituality, and. It was this rebellion against anything that could be considered Christian, European, anything you've been taught as like a upper class white American. Yeah. So we'll go we'll go far off to a land that we have no knowledge or relation to and get into a religion that there's just no you can find a connection, but it's not it's not your thing, man. Yeah, it it always just it resembled just weakness to me that's like, okay, you're fine you're fine not following something because it's 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 usually you saw the fun. bullshit in Christianity that was preached to you by a bunch of you know yeah. preach one thing you know love thy neighbor and then a bunch of racist shit you know and you're seeing this in America well, you're fine rebelling against that well I better replace it with something else yeah you know when you should just be able to walk as your own man yeah walk as your own god absolutely we'll we'll get to everyone being their own god soon but we want we wanted to play the Chromeg seekers of the truth. Um, you know, since there's the whole the whole debacle, air quotes debacle. Yeah. Um, it, it you can't really get it online. No. So I I wanted to play John Joseph's release uh, last year that he did with uh, Todd Youth, 
um, from Blood Clot. This this song is called Prayer, Prayer, and uh, we can talk about it a little after we play it. But I assume this is probably Hare Krishna centered. Um, honestly, I haven't listened. I've listened to it a couple times. I just think it's a really rocking song. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably one of. I actually do believe this is probably the best uh, vocal performance recorded by uh, John Joseph. I, you can tell he does have a a deeper voice than what's on Age of Coral. Just the little bit I heard, it's amazing. Because when I first heard the Chromags, I thought his voice was really interesting. It wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay. Well, because is- when when we practiced with him, he he wasn't sounding like that. No, he wasn't. And then I, later on, he was saying, oh, I had a cold, so I sounded this way. Well, like, I've had colds and performed, and it doesn't change the whole way. So I think he was going maybe for something different. Yeah. And then decided to leave that behind. Yeah. But now, also, too, I feel, too, he's... He may be in his 50s now, or maybe almost. I would say he's got to be, dude. Um, so, I mean, like, even even in that aspect, I mean, you're older and you just, you know what your voice is capable of now. Yeah, you've had a lot of years to perfect. and Yeah, or, I mean, even, like, what, that even comes in play with, like, an instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know how to play your instrument now. His instrument is his voice. So, that that's just going to come with age. And, I mean, this this whole record is probably... Some of the best stuff they um, he's released, uh, but we'll talk about it a little more after you hear it. This is Blood Clot with Prayer. All right, let's go.
blood clot prayer. And like I said before, that was John Joseph from the Chromeg on Chromegs on vocals and Todd Youth did I'm pretty sure he did all the music cuz I I really I'm not sure if if John Joseph does any music at all. I feel like I've never heard him I mean, talk he didn't, about he that. He didn't do it with us. No. He's he's straight a he's he's throat man, dude. Yeah. Um but um Todd Youth now has a a new band called uh Fireburn and um apparently Blood Clot isn't going to play anymore. I've heard some rumors that I I don't think really any of them are true. Uh, I think the reason they're not going to pro, pro, perform anymore, I think John Joseph just has so much other stuff going on that he can't commit to a band. Well, I feel he's tour. like he's a full time personality, dude. He is, and I mean he's he's doing he's doing stuff for the vegan community to pretty much promote it. He's he's still doing Iron Man's all the time, constant author. Yeah, so um, with fire with Fireburn. Uh, Todd Youth's other band, like they they are kind of like eager beaver hitting hitting the ground running. Even though all the guys are, I mean, lack of a better term, they're old, you mm-hmm. know. But they are they're they're touring constantly and playing shows, which honestly I don't think John Joseph wanted to do. No, I don't think so. You know, he just had he just has other endeavors he's into. Um, I I heard it's it's not credible one bit because I heard it was just on. Uh, it was just on like a Facebook comment, but some someone said it had had to do with money. But I I just don't buy that. I don't really. Either. I feel like there's a lot of whenever a band has any type of like hiatus or not going to play, you always hear like somebody says, and it might not even be any person even related to the band. Yeah. Like, oh, I heard it was about money and this. You know. Yeah, but I honestly think it's all about time. Um, one of our friends, uh, friend Glenn, when he saw Fireburn. Is he asked Todd Youth is Blood Clot gonna play play again, and uh, Adam Youth did, or Todd Youth didn't say he didn't say no, but he said like yeah, it doesn't look like it. And mm-hmm. Glenn said like he kind of looked disappointed about it, not not pissed, just kind of like this sucks. Yeah, kind of like it's like this this sucks. We're not gonna be we're we're not gonna play anymore because that that album rocked. So they did one tour. Um, and I feel like Blood Clots had albums in the past too, but he had, it spans like twenty years almost. Yeah, but. because really he was doing Blood Clot before the Chrome Eggs. Okay, um, but if you want to, you can read all that through his book. But um, Todd Youth did a band right, started a band right after the tour with Blood Clot because I think he knew it was not going to work out. With the lead singer of Nails plays on guitar, and then. Uh, Israel Joseph, who was on the Rise album of, uh, of Bad Brains, he's actually on vocals. And this pretty much just leaves it off right where Blood Clot is. It's a lot of the same type of music, mm-hmm. super fast, a lot of palm muting, good breakdowns. And then you got Israel Joseph on vocals. And yeah, it sounds, it's badass, like punk hardcore. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds fucking, fucking rocking. So awesome. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what comes forth with with Fireburn because it's cool to see older dudes trying to do a full-time band. Oh yeah. And they got, they got the time in. They're still fucking kicking ass. Yeah. I got to, I got to see them at, uh, at punk rock bowling PRB, bruh. PRB. Uh, when they, yeah, because they, they opened on the, uh, agnostic front bill. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, And yeah, they were, they were fucking rocking. Um, 
But what were we talking about before we played them? Well, we're talking about uh, basically the need for religion. We were talking about like the sort of you know hippie movement in the '60s and oh, and how trying to adopt any type of Eastern tradition, um, yeah, as a way to rebel against really American Christianity, which I'm all about rebelling against. Absolutely, you know. Uh, what you're taught since you've been kids is it's bullshit, you know, and I think a lot of people, especially in the punk and hardcore community, know that. Yeah. And it's just whether you chick, you know, it's it's the often quoted Karl Marx thing, religion is the opiate of the masses, but it it really is, you know, it, it takes away if you if you've woken up to realize what you've been taught's bullshit. I wouldn't go and try and find other bullshit to fill yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, attack what you if you've woken up to and you're like, okay, this doesn't make any sense, you know. Attack the system. Religion is kind of, I feel, a sidetrack to that. It fills yeah. it with stories and spirituality without really fixing misery. Yeah, and I mean, we we should probably talk about when when I was when I was married to my ex wife and depressed and horrible, horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, I I went I went to church as a Christian. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, dude. As soon, as soon as that relationship was done, I was like, I'm out, and I feel great. Yeah, and it it was rough. Um, but, but we, I've always had a thing. It's like, I'm, I'm walking my own path. I'm comfortable with myself. And I mean, I, I, I will say like, I mean, when I was depressed and married, obviously I couldn't walk. I couldn't, I couldn't do that walk by myself, mm -hmm. but there comes a point, I think in a, in a strong adult, uh, figure and being like you, you do know what's right and wrong. So what... What is what is what's the deal with religion to me? Well, I, yeah, and it's it's can you be can you walk through life and be your own god? And also, you know, this isn't me slagging off all spirituality. Like I do think there's something else. You know, I, I've never been an atheist because I feel like being an atheist almost becomes another religion. Because yeah, uh, you lazy because you firmly say that you know for a fact there's nothing. It's done. You know, yeah. it's so bleak. It's you rot in the ground. It it, it over. Yeah. You know, and I don't know that because I'm not that – No, nobody knows it. Yeah. That's why religion's around. Um, so I think you can be spiritual and have questions and be open to stuff. I guess that would be called being agnostic or just kind of just open-minded free thinker. Um, but I think people need to stop being so concerned with where you go when you die and try and make your heaven on earth is sort of my – Philosophy. Yeah, that is that is a hit. That is a hippie philosophy. I don't even no, know. No, I'm 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 totally just giving you shit. Yeah, yeah but but it, but it really is. You you think it's like okay, this world sucks and it's misery. So rather than making this world better, we're gonna pray for some after paradise yeah. thing and everything. It's like, well, why don't you make it here and then we'll see if that exists anyway when we go. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. And uh, I I remember one time. I had I had a friend in high school who invited me to a young life. So I think we've all had the friend at some point. I had one in first grade invited me somewhere. Lord. And my mom briefed me before I went saying, you know these people are all like fucking psycho. So <laughs> just like you can go with your new friend. And I went there and I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. And it was like when you're preaching to first graders, that's some perverted indoctrination. That is. 
But like, yeah, this was in high school, and I had a, I had a buddy who was like, "Hey, you, you want to come to this thing after school?" And I was like, "It's like, what do you mean thing?" Yeah, right when they say thing, it's that's like, when you know to run. It's like I'm like I'm down to down to hang out or kick it or whatever. It's like not, hey, you want to go drink after school or you want to <laughs> listen to this cool album? So I got this thing going. It's like, okay, what yeah, are you gonna do? Are was, you gonna try and have sex with me? And it was <laughs> a, and it was a young life meetup, and I told my so I told my parents about it, and my dad was my dad just said like. Ryan, we believe in personal responsibility. That's awesome, That's, dude. And like my big Mike getting all philosophical. Well, dude. and it's funny too. Like my parents will say that they're they're Christians. Um but that's really as far as their religion goes, because my parents—they're white and American. Yeah, and but like my parent, my parents don't believe in anything divine. That's that has everything planned out. They like my 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 dad definitely believes like. It's like it's there's no BS of like things happen. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, you know it's like no like you know a lot good, of fucked up shit happens. Yeah, good people are good people because they are good people. Yeah, and you know you can't explain oh genocide oh it happened for a reason you know oh wow just the Lord tests us in all kinds of ways. Yeah, you but know? like so even at that and great like um, I mean I had a great upbringing but that didn't help with me being self conscious about some things but. I've always had a mindset and like, it's like, no, like I can walk my own path. Cause I mean, I've been instilled with right and wrong, you know, just causes working hard. Yeah. And like, that's kind of been my, my, my religion has been, I'm my own God. Yeah. And I'd say I've had this, the same upbringing in a way. My parents were a little more on the radical tip of like, I'd say even their own parents, my grandparents weren't even religious. So for that time, it's like basically like Los Angeles liberals, you yeah. know, in the 50s and are like already weren't really religious. So therefore, funny. my parents yeah. were not religious. Yeah. We went to the Unitarian Church, I think, like two times, yeah. which Unitarian is like, it's like, it's like liberal hippie Christianity. I remember you were telling me about this. You like, know, and we went there like twice and they're like, even this was too like, nah, <laughs> like, you know. It's funny, my, um, my grandma on my mom's side... She, she was a she was a very church going going gal, but like thinking about it now, I don't think I ever remember um, grandparents on my dad's side ever even saying anything religious. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd say my grandparents were stereotypically had a religious affiliation just for the time. Like my grandpa's from Scotland. Every Scottish person is a Presbyterian, or yeah. that's your. I would say more of that is just your ethnic identity who's not religious. Yeah. You know. But like speaking I mean I mean going going past that like we feel that we can we can walk by ourselves like we have that instilled in us. And I'm sure there's better ways to say this. But um Yeah, and it's not like, saying oh I'm my own god like I'm supreme. It's just yeah. you know be your you control your own destiny, you know. Yeah, there's things that are out of your control, but then don't put that off to yeah. some excuse oh it was meant to happen or oh the lord's testing me it's like no it sucks yeah it does yeah you know cancer sucks getting hit by a car sucks losing your <laughs> job sucks and no god it's not jesus doing it it's not krishna yeah. it's not i i have someone very close to me they they lost a family member very at a very young age and um they grew they grew up in in a christian community and so many people were telling Telling them like, oh, um, oh, your your mother's your mother's with God now. Yeah, they needed her. Yeah, yeah. Or like you know, God God called 
called your mother Mother and, Homer. And you think, and like, what kind of God is that? Yeah. Like, hold on. It's like, everything seems to be going good here. Boom. Yeah. Um, and I have another story. <laughs> another story. And this is this is just painting Christians horrible with these two stories. But uh, uh, I work I work with a, a guy who's a receptionist at, at the shop I work and at. And it's a correction. It's painting white suburban Christians yes. horribly. Yes. And actually, I think this is... This is an evangelical Christian woman, but she's Asian. Which is even weirder when like, yeah. when, when <laughs> non-white people get preyed upon and join white people Christianity. Yeah. Like, I don't but feel she, this way about black churches. But so she's, she's a paraplegic. Okay. She went into a teriyaki place and um, the wife of the owner or like whoever runs it says like, oh, you don't, you don't pray, do you? And... Um, the, the lady I live with was like, what? It's like, no, you don't, you don't pray, do you? She's like, no, I'm not religious. And she's, the woman said to her, it's like, yeah, because if you did, you'd, you'd be able to walk. Wow. <laughs> like, it's just like, I, what on earth thinks that you're able to say that? No, because if you were able to walk by praying, you should basically, then we would have figured out immortality. <laughs> and when the semi-truck comes and runs you over, you'd get right up and be like, well, fuck, I prayed a lot. So yeah, fuck you. Yeah. She did say, though, it's just like, it's like if the teriyaki place wasn't so good, she she would have left. But she said it was really good. I love that the goodness and of I, the teriyaki and I, overpowered and I, and I guess like the... Uh, like the owner operator like told his wife to get the fuck out of here. And first it's off, like, it's though, like, get, get the fucking back way. Side note, before I decide if this teriyaki place was any good, did they also sell burgers? Yeah, yeah. God, Ooh, dude. Not cool, dude. Dude, I feel like me and you were on the forefront of that and no one else. No, dude. On. And it's such bullshit. It's like, how do we combine two completely opposing cuisines, if you call burgers a cuisine, <laughs> to. To make as much money as we can. Yeah. So if if anyone if anyone listens to this outside of the Northwest, pro- I don't think it happens very much anymore. Um, but there was a maybe like ten years ago, there became a string of places that would sell teriyaki and burgers. Yes. I actually, Country Burger and Teriyaki just burned down here I in saw, Kent. I, oh, I thought it went out of business. No, it burned, burned down. down. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and it was like for all we're saying, no, it was not us. I would never do that. Um, but but it you was, are saying they deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no one was injured. But it's just, it, I'm sure it was a grease trap fire because those places never clean their shit out. Dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what was that place across the street from Market Time that was horrible? Ah, uh, Herfies. Oh, good God, that place. And now that's different because that's a. The that country bur- burger teriyakis are Koreans selling teriyaki, which is already kind of weird and fucked up anyway. Teriyakis. No, but I feel at Herfie's, though, they had teriyaki dishes. They did. And it was – Herfie's is like a white people chain of like just – look, name Herfie's. Yeah. And they decided to sell teriyaki too. I tried the burger at one time and the teriyaki and both were inedible. And teriyaki has to be real bad to be inedible. Well, like we – in the Northwest, I – I – rarely ever came across teriyaki that's been horrible. No, I have. It's rice and teriyaki sauce and meat or tofu. Yeah. And how can you really fuck that up? Even Safeway teriyaki is mm-hmm. totally, it's, it is not teriyaki, but it's still fucking awesome. Yeah, except when you get the chicken nodule in it. There's always nodules in those and things. And dude, sometimes you gamble and sometimes you lose. Yeah. Um, but uh, where, were, where were we going with that? 
Well, I think just back to you know. It all oh, so back no, to... I wanted to, I wanted to talk about a little more about how we were saying like, well, it sucks that people want to just uh, they're cool joining something as long as it's not Christianity. Mm-hmm. But one thing, kind of, kind of, I think like empowering that came out of. Um, maybe that mindset was Nation of Islam. I think absolutely, you know, and if people, I'm sure a lot of white people just from growing up, you know, even people our age. We have, probably got a lot of people that just turned off the podcast. <laughs> well, exactly. A preconceived idea of what the Nation of Islam is from the media and Farrakhan and all this stuff. Pretty interesting origins. And probably for the first time in America, around the time it was founded, you know, to say, to rebel against Christianity in those, you know, segregation years, to say that, you know, oh, we're taught, you know, to accept this and accept our condition as black people in America, and actually say, no, Islam, you know, a lot of us were Muslim and we came over here, forced over here, and then kind of make your own faith around it, which it's like nation Islam. You'll see, like, on Fox News, they'll try and make it, like, oh, a nation of Islam thing. Like, it's some, like, radical Muslim oh, ideology. Yeah. No, it's a black empowerment ideology. Yeah. You know, Islam is very, almost bordering on vague in it. Well, yeah. I remember, like, during, like, the, maybe it was, like, the Trump administration campaign. Or it was, like, when, like, the, our whole refugee scare started, mm-hmm. like, a year, year plus ago. And there was some alt-right meme going around on the internet about how uh, Ice Cube is an Islamic terrorist. Yeah. And so many people think it's like, that's Nation of Islam, you fucking idiots. It's totally fucking different. Totally different. different. Nation of Islam usually isn't accepted by, you know, your standard Muslim population. Even even, uh, like radical, radical Muslims... Have have said to Farrakhan like it's like you're you're not a true Muslim, right? No, because it, it's you know nation is it's a black empowerment movement. It has spirituality in it. It borrows a lot from the Bible, a lot from what you know, especially Black Americans understand, yeah, uh, and scripture wise. But it really it is just a radical thing, yeah. and uh, for the time too to basically flip the script and say like, yeah. no, we are the ones that are you know, yeah, on top. But I also yeah, I also liked. Because didn't Farrakhan said like, who are you to tell me I can't be, um, like, uh, Muslim? Well, exactly. And they've always differentiated what's cool is to say never get Islam confused with Arab culture. Which is basically Arab culture is the dominant, just as, like, white European culture dominates Christianity, European and American, Arab culture and Arab people dominate Islam. Yeah. And... They have their own version of Islam and all the power to them, you know. But I'd say, first and foremost, it's an empowerment organization. Yeah. You know, but I, I find it interesting. And I went to the uh, the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March, and it was it was cool as hell, man. Yeah. And a lot of good music came out of Nation of Islam, which then spawned, you know, 5% movement. And and what we can... I mean, we've already talked about maybe being our own our own god. And maybe, that's, maybe that's, we can talk about five percent after this song. Yeah. So you know, on the Nation Islam tip, let's play uh, "The Lynch Mob," "Buck the Devil," uh, from nineteen ninety two, "Gorillas in the Mist." JD's personal friend of ours and great rap group. I think the best out of the early nineties. All right, let's listen. Damn, I'm sweating like the nigga at a white woman funeral. <laughs> Come again, Captain. It's my. Now we come to the payoff. 
the devil, buck the devil, buck the devil moon. Give the nigga, give the nigga, give the nigga room. Must be a full moon. Here comes a tune. Bullets pop by your head. Zoom, zoom, zoom. A to the K to the four to the seven. Little devils don't go to heaven. Last night I shot a yemen at the record shop. Most of them drop when my nine went bam. See the fucking block with the flat top standing over niggas face down on the black top. That shit's gotta stop. So I kick the hip hop block. That devil in his ass and make him flip flop.
props to the lynch mob. The lynch mob. Yeah, the uh, lynch mob. I, I totally showed my white privilege by not being able to find that because I was looking under L and, and T. Duh. <laughs> and it's also Buck, T-H-A, devil. Yeah. Buck to devil. Buck the devil. And uh, great tune. And what I always have loved about the lynch mob, they were kind of a, t- a super group takeoff with Ice Cube. And like this was released in 92. Um his death certificate just came out the year before when he formally was like, I'm all about the NOI. Yeah. And so this came off that radical tip of it's probably to me, I think it's the most radical rap album ever produced. And also at the same time, it still is gangster because everybody in this band is straight from the streets. This isn't science rap or any, you know, these are guys that are, you know, so it's combining this, I don't know what I love about gangster rap, almost the punkness of it. Yeah. With then Nation of Islam empowerment, you know, calling out the devil and all that. And uh, I like too, and it has tons of samples because we'll go on a whole other episode about how I hate rap beats nowadays and the lack of good sampling and music in it. Yeah. Uh, but there's a sample in there that you can hear where it says Civilized the 85. And that's from Brand Nubian, which Brand Nubian rules. Lord Jamar is like, I know we love him. Lord Jamar has. If if anyone doesn't know who Lord Jamar is, he has some great YouTube clips. YouTube clips. He's also an actor, man. He was in that The Night of the HBO thing. Oh he was yeah, yeah. As the prison guard, uh, but he's got great YouTube clips of him. Just like I don't know if he's outside his apartment building and just talking like, dude. Remember when he was talking about Iggy Azalea? Oh yeah, and he's like, there's that like there's like some dorky great. white kid in the back on a skateboard playing. He's just out there in the park, just yeah, and is just like dad wife beater, just talking. And he's hilarious, dude. Yeah. And uh, I'd say a good kind of segue from that, from the Nation of Islam, which is what the lynch mob then was affiliated with, to the Five Percenters, which was what Brand Nubian is and what Lord Jamar is all about. Yeah. Is civilizing the 85%. And thing is, like, I heard about what the Five Percenters were, even just through rap first. But like, and I, it's so heavily in East Coast rap. Like Nas oh, yeah. is a huge five percent. Oh, well, like I was gonna say, the reason I found out about it because they would always wear that um, that gold Jesus piece that was yeah, and like Jesus is a black black man, right? Yeah, and then they also have it's the big seven. Yeah, yeah, and so like I I was like okay, there that's a that's a a like a a religious thing, and that that was literally all I knew about it until. I th- I think when I finally paid attention to uh, the radio DJ Charlemagne the God, mm-hmm. I actually found I wanted to know more about Five Percenter, and um, and it's cool. Every, it's like a street based version of the Nation of Islam, even taking the Nation of Islam more to the streets and using the Islamic imagery to represent you know Harlem and yeah uh, Brooklyn and all all this. So it is heavily New York based. Yeah. But what's the what's the break what's the breakdown of the percents? Well, it, it's interesting in the sense that how it breaks it down is you know so they're called the five percent nation. In their mind, you know, and what they're saying here, there's ten percent. Which honestly, even if you're not a follower of any spirituality or anything, I think a lot of us can agree their breakdown's pretty correct. Oh, definitely. Where it's ten percent of the world are evil motherfuckers that know what's up. They know the truth. And their job and what they've done for, well, since the beginning, keeping people down, pitting races against each other, everything else under the sun, wars, all this. Yeah. 85% are kept in ignorance. So they're, I don't know, if you're into socialism, you call them the masses. You yeah. Know, the masses of the deaf, dumb, blind. Cheap. All that. So they're all, they're kept in 
your sort of cycle of misery. And that can go from your per, poor person all the way up to your like businessman who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Lemmings. And, lemmings. Perfect. And then you have 5%. You know, because that, there you go. You got 85 plus 10. You got 95%. 5% of them, they know what's up. But they're, they're there to free the 85. Yeah. From the 10. Yeah. And I think that breakdown is probably pretty correct to the world history. Like, you can count kind of on two hands, like, people that have had a really good effect on things. <laughs> you know, so it is about 5% of people. Yeah. You know, so I think they're, you know, I'm a novice on what they believe. I, there's a lot of mathematics involved in breakdowns and breakdowns. Yeah, and, like, and, and I'm, I'm with you too. Very, I'm, I'm a novice, but I love the imagery and just even like the la- the language and the slogans they've picked, like word is bond. Word is bond, and just even what up, G? Because everyone nowadays thinks, oh, gangster and everything. Yeah. No, it's God. Yeah, you know. And so they inter- they interjected so much into early hip hop and honestly American lingo now as a whole. Oh yeah, dude. You know, and so they really are. Yeah, they are. It's a, it's cool to see an intellectual hundred percent street based organization. Yeah. And I just I I love the fact like when I heard when I heard that like Charlemagne called himself Charlemagne the God, I was like, man, like that's that's cool. Like I yeah. just like I I can't tell you like it's not the coolest thing. It kind of sounds it sounds like cool, egotistical. Yeah, if you don't know where it's coming from, then he's saying like no, I just am a god. You know, it's yeah. I'm my own God. And yeah, I'm down with the five percenters, man. Yeah. And I, I yeah I again I, I love the slogan word is bond I think it's a nation of gods and earths yeah, yeah that, is, that is awesome and there's some stuff there I mean it's interesting there's I don't know cosmology all kinds of stuff involved in it and uh, I'd say in the nation of Islam similar too just a lot of interesting takes on spirituality human origins all that yeah yeah so I don't know cool shit what uh what else. What else, were we going to say anything more about the 5%? I think we kind of covered it. I think it. we got it, man. You what's, know? what's the the next two songs that you you picked are going to be Well, German. they're Well, of course, dude. I had to bring... The German's been missing a little bit from her last, I think, couple episodes. Oh, because I did, I did a... Fr- no, dude, because you did Slime like two episodes ago. Two ep- Okay, last episode. There's no German. <laughs> so I'm canceling out that with two German songs. Uh, but so... I think we're going to end on your song because it's a classic that everyone knows. Absolutely. Uh, so the two two German songs I picked here, they're my two favorite German bands, as I think everyone knows. Well, let's let's start with the first one. You can say the second one later. Yeah, the first one is from Normal, and it's uh, called Jesus is Tote, which is Jesus is Dead. And it's not an anti-Jesus song. It's what the you look at the thing. It's like, oh, it's just punk rock saying, oh, Jesus is dead. But pretty introspective, interesting song about like basically the whole song just asks questions the whole times. You know, it says like, who gives me water? Who gives me bread? You know, what's my place in nature? Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of a song that, and the cover of the album is cool because it's it's Jesus being crucified. You know, and then in the background there's an atomic you know blast going off. And it's so I mean in a way yeah, you could say Jesus is dead. You know it's a it's a powerful song. I mean, you know I almost wish songs like that like they would do an album in English because it it would be uh, I think pretty accessible and people would dig it. And you you would appro- you would approve that album? I would approve. You it. probably wouldn't approve Beer Vampire. No, because it's like because that doesn't sound good in English. I'm the Beer Vampire. No, Ich bin Beer Vampire is way better. <laughs> yeah. But let's listen to this. All right, Jesus is tot in 2002 is when this is from. Jesus is tot. Was bedeutet Toleranz? 
Shout out to Normal. Jesus is totally. Yeah, totally bra. But no, me and Ryan were just talking about like, I've always felt like, because I'm a novice German learner, but I love, I think their word for just dead is so, it's the perfect word for dead, just tote. Tote. Because it literally implies you don't have to know what it means and you go like, well, that's just so stark and just boom. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good song. A great song, actually. And... A very intelligent song, you know, despite the name being so visceral, like Jesus is dead, you know, it starts being so offensive, but you know, it's just asking questions all the time. What does tolerance mean? You know, what's my place in nature? Yeah. Who's my creator? I, I really, who gives me bread. Yep. Who gives me water, gives me bread. Um, and kind of a statement on the world. And you look at all the stuff around, you're like, yeah, Jesus is long dead. Cause a lot of the shit around is fucked up. What's what's that opening line of that song? Uh, what does tolerance mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, and and, the, I, and I, then I, he says, "What is yeah?" He says, "What does tolerance mean?" And then it says, "Like what is the death dance or dance of death?" Yeah. Yeah. And I I will say it it is be it is becoming more prominent. I think in our age, there are there are many good Christians and religion people of faith out there, and there always has been. So like that's where yeah. I've always been at the thing. I'll never slag off in the punk scene, metal, whatever, or just being a being kind of a white American kid who didn't fall into the line with Christianity, I never said, oh, fuck Jesus or fuck religion. Because at the end of the day, I knew like... Oh, I, I did. <laughs> I, I always knew though that Jesus, like my mom always taught me, it's like Jesus would have been on our side. Yeah. You know, and knowing that that was so far back then, Jesus was a guy that preached to prostitutes and, you know, junkies and everything that like... Gambling addicts. Yeah. Gambling, yeah. You know, so I feel that... Anything can be perverted, you know, and Christianity's had a long time, a good 2,000 years to be taken what out. What about of Juggalos? Is that a religious movement? No, no, no. Would would, would Jesus be... He pre, dude, I, would he have been there for Juggalos? I think for anybody, dude, because that's what he was saying, dude, was that it's, he's there to talk to anyone. And uh, I'm not personally a follower of the Christian faith in the sense that I don't think Jesus is... God and that that is what or you know, juggalos? You know, definitely not juggalos. <laughs> uh, but no, no, honestly, I'm one of those people now. It's like I don't even know if juggalos are minding their own business. Like they're your guys' fashion is so fucking bad. But other than that, so I'll like, I'll say in the last like two or three years, there's been like a left wing activism for juggalos, and I'm all for it, man. And I'm. I am ignorant to the fact, dude. I don't want. I still don't want to like Juggalos. I does. I don't have to uh, like them. They I'll can, say. I'll say. I will keep my mouth shut on the fact. Yes. Except for right now, apparently. Yeah. If they <laughs> if they want to fight their own battle and join kind of the ranks of resistance, that's fine. You guys close. Oh my god! You smell and the fago and the drinking cough syrup in parks that I had to clean up. Yeah. You know, I I don't have a good impression, and it's just it's. I hate to be, I'm no fashionista, but God, it is the wackest choice of fashion. Wackest. You know, it's up there with, I, 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 yeah, I can't even, I don't know. The hip to be country people are pretty bad too, but. Yeah, but they're, they're not, um, discriminated against. Mm -mm. Which God, dude, it sucks. It sucks to say, like, it's like juggalos are discriminated against, but it's like. God, they are, and I don't care. Well, they, I got to give them credit, though. Like, Insane Clown Posse built a movement off one of the worst bands. Or if you can call that a band. I don't know what you call that. <sighs> a musical group. But, like, I mean, which is dumb, though, dude. They, I mean, like, they they created circus rap because they couldn't talk about Yeah, white violence. suburban circus they rap. They said ninja because they can't say the N-word. But I guess yeah. that's probably better than... Than something else. Yo, and I do think that's true. And I, from what I know about those dudes, they're not half bad guys. That's what's funny. It's like they're super anti-racist. They seem fairly clued in. It's just so bad. Yeah. You know. Um, how in the hell did we get on the Juggalos? Oh, uh, I was talking about if if, Je if Jesus would have oh, been yeah. preaching I to the prostitutes. He preached to the Juggalos. Pimps and Juggalos? I think anybody, dude. It seems like almost anybody but the rich. He yeah. preached to the rich but told them to give everything away. Yeah. And 
I think I was going to yeah, play. But, but, I was going to play Woody Guthrie's Jesus Christ, but uh, Ryan informed me I played too much Woody Guthrie. So, Ew, and I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. But I'm like, I'm like, let's let's show people your other other religious songs. Yeah, your other religious songs, which of course are just going to be other German songs. True. Uh, but so that's. I think what I kind of was on before this Juggalo thing is that I've never hated Christianity. There's been awesome Christians from day one of Christianity all the way till now. They do not get the, the people that were the biggest abolitionists use Christianity as their backdrop, you know, and basically their, their cornerstone of being against the idea of owning human beings. Yeah. You know, and, and the I radical Republicans that impeached Johnson and were fighting against Lincoln, you know, that really wanted full rights for black people. And a lot of it, you did lean on religion and it helped in, especially those times to lean on religion, but the Klan also used Christianity yeah. to justify, I, you know, from, from a kid who grew up in the suburbs, um, which like pretty much every Christian was like, there were, there two faced. Yeah. And like, and if they were a nice Christian, they were also just very weird. Yes, because they're all kind of nice, and it's creepy nice, though. They're yeah, not really so like, nice. Like, yeah, dude, when I, when I was younger, I will say, like, yeah, there was a, a very deep phase of, like, hatred towards And towards I'd say, Christians. for those people, I still have that. I guess it and, wasn't until well, I started reading, like, world history to know, like, damn, there were some, well, like, but I gnarly think, Christians. But I'm, yeah, and I'm, but I'm saying, like, it's like, what with what comes with maturity is, I mean, you do, you can't... You can't flush the baby with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. And I think religion, especially in America with Christianity, um, people people need to know that. But all, I mean, the people need to know that about all religions too. Yeah, because they all have their yeah, – any religion. I think we were talking just the other – I think was it us talking the other day about, you know, how people are so shocked to see what's happening in Myanmar with Buddhists yeah. and Muslims because people in our American – the white European or American mindset, we consider Buddhism peace. You know, the oh, yeah. Dalai Lama, the this, the meditation, the vegetarianism, the this, the that. No, there's Buddhist people fucking hacking people to death. Yeah. And it's a – and well, those people happen to be Muslims and it, it sort of switched the thing. You realize that it's not religion. It's human beings. Yeah. I mean you know? even – I mean I've known about, about what's going on in uh, Myanmar for, for a while – and but seeing the interview with like the the head Buddhist uh, monk who's who's like I think he's he's called like the Buddhist Bin Laden, mm -hmm. um, and, and like even like it's weird it's it's odd for me to see a, a shaved head uh, Buddhist in robes. Oh yeah, saying that like that Muslims need to leave my country or or suffer the consequences. Oh absolutely, and there's been mass executions and. Everything and I think it's it's a it, it shakes your world view as just an American, let's say, because we even I know I use the word Buddhist sometimes, not even relating to religion. Like if I'm in like a peaceful mood or I, or I'm dealing with an employee who's pissing me off, I'm like, oh, I just decide to be all Buddhist about it, <laughs> you know, which would imply peace, turning the other cheek, you yeah. know, just being nice, uh, not hacking them to death. You you should you should start saying I'm gonna be Richard Gere about it. Yeah, Richard Gere Buddhism. Yeah, yep. White American new, Buddhism. New, nuanced Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and I think that just is proof that all religion has shit in it because people made shit. Yeah, you know, and it's the problem isn't Buddhism. 
in Myanmar. The problem is people and racism and the things that all people share. Yeah. Things things a lot of Americans share right now. Absolutely. You know, it's the problem in America isn't Christianity. It's lots of other attributes and then Christianity is just a veil to yeah. hide behind. Uh what's what's gonna be it's gonna be your your next German next German next song German from an, another one of in my view the best band ever. You know? Yeah. Well uh, I mean like there's there's good bands, there's great bands and then there's bands that ev- even their worst songs are the best songs ever written compared to every other great band. Correct. And uh, my one here, it, this is very different from the normal, too. This is a fairly lighthearted song um, from Bo's Uncles, and it's called Uncles versus Jesus. I've never heard them interviewed on this. I assume it's kind of a joke take on when the Beatles said we were bigger than Jesus because that's yeah. basically what the chorus of this is. In Germany... Seeing the uncle's concerts, I say they are bigger than Jesus. Yeah, uh, I will say like so. I, I'm not I'm not a novice uh, German dialect student as yourself, mm. but alles klar. But like so like I yeah I knew this song was a joke and it's rocking. But is there any more to this song that now you know? It kind of starts by saying just like. From day one of the uncles till now, like they used to talk about, you know, street gangs and the police and they're, you know, it's a very kind of, because this was on their album Adios and so far there hasn't been besides like I think a few new songs because they're planning on doing new albums. Yeah. This was their last album. It was called Adios and this was kind of the, the song to sort of sum up their career. What album was Mexico on? That was way back, dude. That was... Um, oh, I thought I thought that they were on... Maybe I just thought that because they've redid had... Mexico a couple times, I think. Yeah. But that was on that uh, split. That was like right during the uh, like. Uncle's oh, dude, yeah, that that is a old song because you can tell yeah. with the drums, it's got like the synthesized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Uncles versus Jesus, I think, was summarizing their career of just starting out with scrappy punk skinhead kids and now literally being this amphitheater fucking band. Yeah, I want to want to touch on. Was it they got voted to play with Aerosmith? Uh, no, it was Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones uh, they were in yeah. Newsweek in like, I think it was, uh, God, I don't know if it was the late 90s maybe. Yeah. Um, early 2000s or whatever. And they opened for the Rolling Stones. And I believe it actually happened. But it, it made headlines all through Europe and America because people dug into it and were, you know, accusing the uncles of being like, oh, had neo-Nazi leanings or in the past did. Yeah. Which is proven to be, it's bullshit. It's bullshit, but they they did definitely have like the, uh, you know the, like the skinhead patriotic theme, uh, for, which and you compare it though to other bands at that time, it's like barely. It was like they were into like German football. Yeah, but I feel and, I feel that there was so much hesitation after a certain world war, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, there was that little German thing. Yeah. You know, and I think that uncles knew that pretty early on. But I, but I feel like everything, you know, I mean, this is this is our favorite band. But everything I've I've heard and researched about Bo's uncles is like they weren't they weren't ever supposed to get popular off record sales or anything. But they they the ger- like German fans of rock and punk loved them. And yeah, and I feel like they the Bo's uncles transitioned I guess you'd say maybe kind of slowly but not that slow and it just blew up it started as a punk kind of skinhead band and then it just 
they progressively went. You saw that each of the members like get their hair get longer. Then Kevin the singer finally got the long hair. Then they were full on rock band, but still kept the same sound really. Yeah. And people just started buying it, man. Yeah. And you know, it's it's just so cool to see that like even though like the like Germany doesn't want to be known for this band. Their people fuck, like won't deny them the respect. Yeah, that, it's that you can't argue, you know, and it's one of those things where Germany should give the Bose Uncles credit. I talked to Manny from Normal about the Bose Uncles because he heard the cover we did way back, and he's like, "No, that they didn't deserve all the shit they got," you know. And I, yeah. they used to go on German talk shows with the Uncles and kind of almost semi debate with them on their yeah their stuff. Um, and the uncles weren't bad guys. They weren't, I think, in the early days as clued in as bands like Normal were to like. Well, also too, they were young, anti-racism and all that. And Normal was too, but it's just a different. Especially, you know, they were. Well, but also, like, I mean, but there's there's always a difference between skinheads and punks. Exactly, Normal was clued in and smart and super left. Yeah, and those uncles were following that. Honestly, we've touched on it. That dumb. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the same thing can be said. I'm not sure if you knew, like, the early on kind of beef that happened, but it 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 didn't it didn't go that far ever. But Anti Flag and Dropkick Murphys. Oh yes. Did, like, have you heard all about that? I knew a little bit about it, and I can I don't even need to. I can imagine. Yeah, it. and yeah. pretty much like yeah, like Anti Flag went on tour right when um, uh, Dropkick Murphys were pretty much getting big. But still, their only fans were patriotic skinheads, and you get a punk band come out there saying, "You know, fuck the fuck the government," and you know you get these machismo guys with shaved heads saying like, "Well, this you know, a lot of people died for this good." <laughs> yeah, you know, are you are you are you disrespecting this with my narrative? <laughs> yeah. Um. And and I. And I feel like that was that's the difference between normal and and Bo's uncles. Exactly, and I'd say being Bo's uncles never got to the cheeseball patrioticness that Americans yeah do. But and there people also forget their whole patriotic supposed skin phase was so short. It was yeah. literally one album, and I think most of the members already then were like, "No, this isn't for us, man." Because remember, this is in the early, early 80s. So the whole idea of a Nazi skinhead wasn't even really taking off at that time. Yeah. And they kind of found themselves smack dab in the middle. And being the first German band to adopt that image, of course, Yeah. all things go, what, what are the Germans doing? <laughs> you know? Uh, and so they've never really been able to live it down. But they've always had, I feel, a good response to it. I know uh, Stefan, who's like the mouthpiece for the band, he's gone on live shows and preached about, you know, basically refugees welcome. Yeah. And really, really done some stuff that's cool. And also, let's let's talk about Stefan's good looks for a little bit. Yeah. And soothing German voice. It, it really is, man. His German voice puts you to sleep. I've heard his English voice before. Much higher pitched and just kind of like uh, like just regular British guy. Uh, His German voice though is just yeah, and it's and uh, yeah, it's good so looking man. Mom, my mom has a crush on him. The dude, it's, dude, his voice is so smooth and like what a smile. Yeah, he's 
you're, he's playing aggressive songs about like bar fights and he's smiling with his fully capped teeth you can tell you know <laughs> and it's like yeah it's he's like he's like a polished newscaster of yeah. punk rock and if anyone didn't know the the opening song to to our podcast if you didn't know is 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 Bo's uncles as well uh viham nach and grant too like we we are also we are american dudes we say Bo's uncles. It's it's Booza uncles, right? Booza uncles, yeah. And I love that their name literally comes from. It shows you that all countries have a funny connotation with uncles, because <laughs> there's a German like literally phrase that's just debooze and uncle, just the evil uncle, <laughs> like that every family's got the weird fucking uncle. Which even in here we always have the thing about oh you know that one your uncle yeah like, you know? <laughs> yeah you got the drunk uncle yeah like... it's either the drunk uncle the touchy uncle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just never paints the uncle in a good light. No, in no. Germany, they have evil uncles. The evil, yep. All right, but this is this is Bo's uncles versus un- Jesus. Uncles versus Jesus. Jesus. 
right, man. So I guess going full circle back to what we were originally talking about, you're a little bit interested in. Well, I let's uh, do we do we want to talk any more about that about that song at all? Uncles versus Jesus. Yeah, I mean um, they so they did they did speak in English. Yeah, and I really realized here this is the only that I can think of the only uncle song that they even have English words in it, and it's just shock nonstop. To and I, I it's trying to summarize their career basically that they shocked nonstop. Yeah, you know, and but they're not that shocking of a band. You know, they deal with a lot of weighty subjects. Um, I mean, they've attacked fascism, all kinds of stuff. They they are a smart band. They're just more of a all vegetarians. Yeah, and I found that out. No, don't preach about it or anything. But yeah, I think yeah, all of them. Are, have, uh, I think didn't uh, Kevin Russell's new band have a song about all it? like all about animal rights, where he talks about like just the slaughterhouse system, and it's called Noah's Heirs, and it's so it's so brutal. And but cool. they but them uh, four individuals have a band about. Mm-hmm. And they've never they've never talked about animal animal rights or vegetarianism, but they're all vegetarians. Yeah, all vegetarians and all like in Aston interviews they'll talk about like, yeah, we think it's fucked up. And I think they've evolved, you know, kind of since then. And I think it's more of a European outlook too, where it's not so fucking weird to be a vegetarian. Yeah. You know, and that you could even have guys that are in this supposed hard ass band. Yeah. You know, uh macho band that yeah, like no. Yeah. Well, and I think in America, it's it's getting so much more mainstream. But I think uh, in a place that, at least I think in in a, in a genre that we would look at uh, in music, in metal, I still don't think it's there. No, because they're still the, oh, it's, you know, you're supposed to. Yeah, because you know. like I mean, like you, I mean, you you get it in in hardcore and punk. Obviously, it's been there forever. In hip hop, it's vegetarianism is growing around. And I would say another little it's funny, dude, we're finding all these meetups here because it's especially in hip hop introduced through the nation Islam and five percenters. Yeah. Is the whole vegetarian outlook and you know what you put into your body. We can all we we can we can talk about this a little bit a little bit later, but there's also another dietary fad that's going around that the nation never got credit for. I know. But let's let's We'll talk about that a little bit. Okay, sounds good. But uh, I guess on subject of dietary, uh, you were talking about a Sunday feast. You're interested. Yeah, I mean, in? it was. <laughs> and I know I know Ryan likes feasts in general. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like carbs a lot. Yeah, pastas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pasta salad. Pasta salad is worth mm. uh, But I've been. Um, I don't. I've been nagging my girlfriend and pissing her off. Out of my humor, because I keep on asking her if she wants to go to a Sunday feast at the Krishna Temple in uh, Issaquah, in, in Is- Issaquah, which is on the east side, east side of the, the Greater Seattle area. Yeah, I never, I rarely, I think we talked about it yesterday. I think I found myself in Issaquah maybe two times in my life. Um, I I've been there a little more just with playing soccer growing up. Okay, but uh. Issaquah was Issaquah or is it Redmond that's the bicycle capital of the Northwest? I don't know. Are they connected too? I don't know. It's all like I feel like it's Issaquah, Bellevue, Kirkland, Redmond. I'll say like me and Tyler, I fucking despise the East Side. And if anyone if anyone listening to this is from the greater Seattle area, you know exactly fucking why. Well, and I'd be interested to know people from other states what their version of the East Side is. Because I know that there has to be in other cities. Well, that... in 
in Chicago, it's it's this what is it? Well, north, north, north side. North side. Yeah. Yeah. North side is the the white affluent. Yeah, totally. Ass- assholes. And that's more almost, but that's one city where it's like segregated from way back when. We're yeah. north and south side, but like here in Washington, it's kind of different. You have like your greater Seattle, you have Seattle and the kind of surrounding area. Then you have this east side, which kind of develops simultaneously yeah. into like a wannabe Beverly Hills rich, Republican Rare. rich. You have Seattle where you've got your liberal rich. Yeah. And then the east side where you've got your like. But it, I mean, but like, but it's a very like, you have, you have Christians, maybe like in the last. 10 to 15 years, maybe going on two decades, but like there's a big uh, Indian population moving in. Yeah, and then there's also Mercer Island. Oh, yeah. Which yes. has a historic, uh, I would say definitely highly Jewish population there. Yeah, it was like that's the QFC there, the grocery store has, um, they actually have like a kosher section. Oh, yeah. And I was like, huh, I've never I've never seen that before ever when I, I think I first saw it like 18, 19. Yeah. And I was like, huh, weird, never seen that before. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, but it, it just seems like a very odd place out there to have a Krishna temple. And I knew they used to be, in I'm thinking Seattle. it was probably just land. And, it, and that's honestly what it had to be. Cause I knew it, they used to be in like the, the U, uh, university district. And I, I, I can't obviously get into their head or know what they said on it, but I would think that Issaquah would be a good place to go to. It's still somewhat connected to the greater Seattle region yeah. without half and you can probably get land there for still obviously tons cheaper than you would in Seattle or even Bellevue on the east side but you're not having to go out to Ravensdale yeah. to open a Christian temple that would probably get burned down <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but if if people know about uh, know anything about Hare Krishna's every Sunday they supposedly have a big feast that anyone can join in and it's all vegetarian because Chris uh, Hare Krishnas don't believe in the suffering of animals. So, and Hindu, I would say mo- this Hindus pretty much in general. Besides, once Hindus become so Americanized that then they yeah. start eating meat. But yeah, uh, but my my girlfriend grew up in in a in a religious church setting, so she does not like religion in in any aspect, any form, yeah, any form. Which I mean, I mean she she's a great she's a great person. And so, uh, but I always, I always annoy her. Like, let's go, let's go to Sunday feast. And she, she's like, she's like, you can make your own vegetarian food at home. I'm like, yeah, but I have to make it and I have to spend money on yeah, it. You go to the Sunday feast and like look at interesting people in their robes and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, one, one thing I've wanted to do recently was maybe get a sense of community. Granted, like, we, like, like Todd, me and you have been friends for going on. Over half our life now. Oh, definitely. Way, yeah. way over half our life. But like there there is always that thing, it's like, all right, me and you will be together and we can make each other laugh forever. But we never really get the group setting of like And we're not of, like, gonna get our kind of humor group setting yeah, for the Hari Krishna. That's temple. true too, but like I feel like some sometimes I feel like I'm I'm lacking community that I think like I mean that that is a, a very good thing that I think mm-hmm. religion and churches bring is a sense of community. And I think, yeah, and you can find it in any type of group, whether it's a, a group of radical politics or anything that's, you can find kind of a similar thing, but I think, I think humans do, you crave community. It's natural. It is. Know? And like, I think there's been, there's been studies on like, 
uh, blue zones, if you know, like it's it's where like the the healthiest people in the world are, mm-hmm. and um, a big part of that has been um, Seven Day Adventists who have a strong faith based community who are like very close to like Catholics. I, well, I feel well, yeah. The Seventh Day Adventists are interesting. That's another group of. Uh, they're usually they always preach vegetarianism for the yeah, most part. But like, <laughs> uh, but like where. Where their zones are in the world, like people have like the the best long longest living uh, people with happiness, and I think to to not look at diet and interaction with their community mm-hmm. would be um, would be unfair to be looking at that. So like I, as much as sometimes I I do not like religion, I do I do crave community. Yeah, like that, and I think like. Today, today's day and age with social media, I think, I think we feel we have community when in, in actuality we don't. I would say it, it's the, it's kind of a, uh, illusion of community where we've never been more separate. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I mean, one thing with, with social media is I can, I can articulate myself very calm and well, or like I can be saying one thing and before I post it, I can either, I can rewrite it. I can yeah. maybe like put on some points I I wasn't thinking of it, but it's not spur of the moment. It's a or it's, it's like, a crafted. It's like or I can type thought. or I can type out something to, like a huge paragraph of something. And be like, you know what? Posting this probably wouldn't do any good, so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, in in a community base, you actually get to like hear the hear people how they talk. Yeah, you can actually, talk to people. People can check you. You know, yeah. there's all kinds of well, stuff. Well, I mean, I don't get checked. Yeah. 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 But you're the checker. <laughs> what was it? Was that MC Rand? You can't check the check. You can't. Ch- he's the checker, so you can't check him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or that might have been easy. I can't remember. Tyler's falling on his game. Yeah, I got to gotta think of my got to think of my rhymes. Um, But yeah, like, I, but I, I would, I think we talked about it. We talked about it last night, but like, I would like to start doing something like that. Not nearly once, once a week, because that is far too much for me. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting just and it's exploring different things. Like I can have respect for groups of people and not join them. You know, so it would be cool to see like talk to Hare Krishna people, but I'm also I'm totally cool not joining you guys. Yeah. But I, I can but have I respect would, for you. But I would like your free vegetarian noms. Correct. <laughs> and I'd say on you know, I can appreciate uh your girlfriend's point of view, you know, towards religion, but that goes back to what I say. It's like there is um and it's even my wife has a similar idea of Christianity and yeah. what they bring. But it's like, no, there have been some – I mean, I thought Martin Luther King was a Christian. Like there, yeah. there's, there's well, also, been some cool-ass Christians. Well, and also there. too, like I think, um, you know, your my girlfriend, your wife, they're, they're also they're – two, they're two strong women who are also what we've kind of said this whole – podcast it's like it's like why can't we just do that ourselves yes and i'm just, it's like i just want something i don't want to put work in i just have to yeah and i love that you're admitting you're going to the Hare Krishna <laughs> temple just to eat and be you know and you're like all right guys well thanks that was pretty interesting all right well i'll see you guys later <laughs> you know and even but that in itself isn't bad because in my heart of hearts dude i know how lazy i am and i and i'm Perfectly fine with that. Yeah, it's I've gr- I've grown to accept it, and I'm not going to preach on how how I'm any different than just a lazy lazy dude. Yeah, and I I'm not the laziest of guys. Like I I do pretty much constantly move, 
yeah. know, whether it's, you know, work around the house. You are you are an early riser. I'll say that, like, so we, we get into our age now because we're, we're getting close to our mid-30s. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a thing that people our age always say, like, oh, man, I just can't sleep in anymore. Yeah. I am... I can sleep in so fucking late. And yeah. I, I am, and it's it's because it's like, I don't feel I'm missing out on my day. If I don't have anything to do, I would, I want sleep. I, I, and I agree, and I used to sleep in probably more. I'd say it's moving to a house that's like 130 years old, and I'm a person, it, it, we can have a whole other thing. Of, we were going to have an episode back, how you handle stress, how you handle, yeah, you know, just, yeah, life stressors in the, if I know there's something I should or could be doing, I should just be up doing it. So I'd almost say it's the opposite. I need more. I need to be like you more at certain times and just chill the fuck out for yeah. a while. But instead, I'm like, well, granted, I, I mean, I can chill out to a to very much a fault. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and I really can't. So it's like, but for my hours, I mean, I get home around you know. 132 in the morning, and I'm usually up by 10. Yeah, you know, which is, I mean, it's I'm still getting sleep, but I'm. I'm, I've always been a I've been a person that's like I sleep when I need to and then I'm up. I don't use it as anything else, but just okay. I have to sleep now. Yeah, yeah. And I will. We can talk later about how I do sleep like a vampire. Oh yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but with with this whole episode being about religion, um, we we have one of our one of our favorite punk bands. Uh, one of their more, and I'm sure it's one of everybody's favorite punk bands. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, honestly, let's just let's just call it. This, this is Filler by Minor Threat. Hey, wait one sec before we play Filler by Minor Threat. Let's go back to our very original thing. But goddamn, I, I'd encourage listeners and anyone look into the gangsterism of Scientology. Yeah, because it, it you you'll get some laughs, but you'll also get some like, damn, these people can be hard. Yeah, like I think way too much of. Today's gripe about Scientology is just about how evil they can be. Thing is, me and you, I think, spotted out so many religions of today are doing evil shit. These guys are doing it in a very hilarious fashion. And like, yeah. if if you are falling for this, you're a fucking idiot. And I will say what's interesting too, you said about all religions doing fault. When I watched the Scientology documentary, I thought, you know. The interesting fact of this is regardless of what Scientologists believe or how real this religion is, which, A, no religion is real, really, there would not be a documentary allowed on American major major publications, television stations, that is a pretty much hate piece against a religion. Yeah. That would not be allowed. You'd have to go to the web to hear, you know, some guy talk about how Islam is the most evil thing or this or that, but to have it on... The Arts and Entertainment Channel. Yeah. Pretty much slagging off an entire group, whether or not you call it a religion or cult or positive thinking group. Yeah. Uh, I found kind of interesting. Like, God damn, like, even with as whack as this may seem, that probably shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. You know, so I think that's... Well, something. and like, because, like, yeah, dude, this ha- they've, they have documentaries about, you know, travesties in Islam in... I mean, there's there's how many countless uh, Catholic pedophile documentaries? Yes, you know, but like it's it doesn't it, it doesn't, doesn't say Catholicism is at the root of pedophilia, or they don't do they don't do a sweeping indictment. Yeah, and that's where I found these to be dangerous. Where it's you can't deal in that absolutism. Yeah, where it's Scientology is evil. It's this is a 
you know, call it what you want, but like the Scientologists have a point where like a lot of this is a hate piece because yeah. you're it's a thing with no rebuttal from the people that are being accused kind of and you're just on this thing of oh they did this they did that yeah and me and you just have the gift of just thinking things are funny oh wait so we're, I'm watching you and I'm like if you were dumb enough to crawl around on a floor with another grown man telling you Jesus Christ man like I don't know it's like, oh was, was the carpet rough the carpet was rough dude I think it was industrial carpet like in offices so the whole time your little lily white knees are getting just all red and there's no vino around to, to <laughs> lather them up uh, but uh you know that let's 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 end the the episode with the topic now. We're gonna play filler, and we're gonna we're gonna give you a little a uh, little teaser on what what next episode is gonna be from some events we that took place over the weekend for us. Absolutely, you want to talk about that now or after? A- after after filler. All right, so cool. here's filler. Appreciating that uh, that solo at the end by by what sounds like from Moop Moop, which is uh, the on the Napster episode of South Park, and they're yeah. trying to form their band, where it's just that like. <laughs> but yeah, I love Minor Threat, and I I love them and Black Flag for the similar aspect of those. I don't even think Minor Threat really solos; they just do weird no. little little accents but uh Greg Ginn from Black Flag we can talk about another episode about his solos I literally think Slayer's never given him credit for inventing their solos yeah yeah um but so we thanks thanks to uh Tyler's wife Julie we we got together um it was five of us all together mm-hmm. it was me my girlfriend Lindsay our friend Whitney and Tyler and Julie, we we took part in uh, forming a team to raise money for the Seattle 2018 AIDS Walk. Yes, and I was I I'm trying to get right the number of years. Was it is this the 32nd? Did they say? I actually did not pay attention. It's it's around there, 30 to 32nd. Yeah. You know, um, 
really powerful. It's something I've always cared about. Like, apparently, I've never forgotten about AIDS. It seems like a lot of people have. Yeah. And, and well, one one thing that one of the speakers who, who'd been there since the beginning of when this uh, walk started every year, he said that, um, you know, it's a sad truth, but... He, you know, granted, there, I mean, look, a lot of the people there are part of the, the gay community in, in Seattle. And uh, he one of the things he said, he's like, you know, it's a, it's a sad fact, but uh, the young gay community in America is totally unaware of the, that community's struggle with AIDS. And in not just, yeah, so unaware of something so incredibly recent. Yes. It's not that old. Like, me and you are in our 30s, early 30s. And AIDS was still very apparent in our childhood. My mom's, uh, one of her best friends and her teaching partner, I mean, I think he died in 89 or 90. Uh, I always knew about it, you yeah. know. And then school, it was drilled into you. It was oh, like... I remember, I remember in freshman year of high school, um, in our health class, where we took, it's like sex education, they... They made me believe if I were to have sex, I would get AIDS and die. Oh yeah, it was like if you didn't wear a condom, like it's like it's like, and that's not a hundred percent. So you better just not have it. <laughs> Holy fuck, AIDS is everywhere. And yeah. they might have overdid it, but at least what they did do, I took it to heart, and it made me later on in adult life kind of research AIDS and see you know what this disease has done all around the world. Yeah, not and, just to the, the gay community. Yes, and I, I think a lot can be said for the representation we saw at the walk, which it's dwindled in population to, you know, what were they struggling to raise, 40000 more dollars? Um, yeah, so their their goal was to raise... 500 No, I think it was 200000 Okay. And I think we, at least at the beginning of the walk, I think we were... At like a hundred and seventy-five thousand, and with and it's good, but this is all from private citizens, you know. And you look at these companies that are sponsoring them, like Geico and everything. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, it's forty thousand dollars is a is a fart. Yes, you know. Um, yeah. So I think it's, but it, it, a lot of it speaks to apathy, and it, it's natural for humans to be that way. And well, and I, but one thing I, I was, we were talk, I was talking to you at the end of the walk, and I was saying like. I was like, yeah, like you know, it sucks. It's not, it's not depressing, and I don't, I don't hold it against young people in in any community. But the the fact it's it's so strange to me that they they wouldn't know, because I, I remember about a about a year ago, um, the the restaurant that me, uh, me and my girlfriend Lindsay worked at one of one of our coworkers and good friends. He's he's a younger guy and he's he's gay and. Uh, he didn't know who Pedro was. Oh, from the real world. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, is, like that was such a huge part of my life. Well, because he was our introduction to a gay person and a gay person with AIDS. Yeah. You know, because back then MTV was such a thing. Like, we were little kids then, but like I still watched the real world. Oh, like, yeah. Because that's all that was on. That was in between yeah. me wanting to watch Alice in yeah. Chains videos. Yeah, me and, Lin- <laughs> yeah, me and Lindsay were talking about like how you know, we were probably um, – a younger demographic than the demographic it was trying to hit, but the thing is, it's like we watched it because we wanted to be older. Yeah, you know, and so you're we just were, watching what's going on. Exactly, you know? and I remember, like, yeah, like, like Pe- Pedro. I guess for for any kid who watched MTV, brought 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 someone with with AIDS in the gay community into my life. Well, and it and that, and especially too, it's like, and it's always been around. Like, I think what hit me so hard as a kid is. 
I've loved gangster rap since like its beginning. And like Easy E died of AIDS when I was in fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And yeah. like that to me was bigger than Pedro and everything. Because then you have a guy that I listen to that uh, is not gay. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it really and is famous and all this. And then it makes you really think like, okay, this is a big fucking thing. Yeah. And it, it kills people all over. And you learn now, it's like, okay, towards the late 90s, they, they come up with these drug cocktails that now can keep people alive for basically make it a chronic illness. Yeah. Uh, and the key is if you have the money for it. I mean, South Park did it best, you know, injecting <laughs> yourself with cold cash. Yeah. Um, but if you're not an upper class person, and, and sadly, it falls a lot of the times in racial demographics too. Yeah. Well, it was in our it was in our friend uh, Whitney was saying she she knew she knew she was friends or like a roommate was mm-hmm. with a with a young man with with uh, HIV. Um, HIV basically starting to go into AIDS. Yeah, you know? and and his his pretty much treatments, um, you know, and treatments that don't stop. And they'll, they'll never stop. You know, yeah. but we're, we're, we're five grand a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his parents had the means to to make make that bill happen. Um, yeah, and other you know, people but like, don't. But that is, that is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what's, what's sad is that... And it's... I've watched those documentaries and it's kind of the early, like, AIDS fighters and stuff, you know. And a lot of these men, they had, they had the capability... To be activists and go on the attack, yeah. that a lot of them were upper class. You know, they had these high power jobs, and they're taking it to the streets and doing this. And now that these men have been able to make it a chronic illness, you don't see that same visceral outreach. Yeah, you know, and it's it's still decimating the world. In you know, I mean, God, look at Africa. You know, and it, and even here in America, you know, it's. AIDS is still decimating, you know, black and brown communities, and I'd say poor white communities yeah. around, and these people don't have the means and outreach to treat it properly. The government does not cover those type of treatments that keep no. you alive. And I mean, like, if, if you don't think discrimination still hap- happens for stuff like that, um, I mean, there there's, there's discrimination in different ways, and having someone front five grand a month for medication is, in fact, a discriminatory act. Oh, absolutely. You know, saying that like, saying that it's like you, you have this, and we are honestly not going to let you uh, cure it by your by your means. No, you know, you have to pay us this, and we'll give you this, and it's that's uh, probably one of the biggest indictments of the American medical system. Yeah. You know, but what what the speaker kind of kind of hit home with him saying how the younger community didn't understand um you know it's it just it's it's a shitty situation that our younger uh gay community doesn't understand um the impact aids had um he he put his he put his finger down on like do not let the past be forgotten or is bound to repeat itself yeah and i like that he sort of tied it in because he injected some you know current day politics not even relating to aids yes into it from the supreme court nominee to the president to anything history will repeat itself and if you know anything about communicable diseases you know we've only had antibiotics since like our parents were kind of little is when like <laughs> that was like so not a long time yeah. our parents are in their 60s uh, already people are struggling with our current antibiotics to stave off the resistance that these diseases are building to them well the same thing's happening with HIV and so 
the whole goal should be not making new cases of HIV. Yeah. Not just maintaining it with drugs and keeping it at bay. Yeah. You know, um, but that's natural for people, you know. So it, it, it could come on the resurgence again, even for people that do have the money. And so, yeah, it's not over. And it's still killing people, and you know, and I'd like to see more outreach to communities that are even hit harder. And the young gay community may not be clued in, but guess what? The young straight community isn't either. You know, yeah. no one cares about. I mean, AIDS it, but it's but it's just it's not put in it's not put into our household like it was. No, you know, and I I guess I'm I'm focusing a lot on on you know the one single aspect with with the real world. Like I just I felt. I mm-hmm. felt that part to be such a part of my young life, um, but it, they just don't have that anymore. No, and it was just such a shock to me, you know, and probably people of our generation, and then the generation's just a little older than us, that the thought of like being, you know, you're, you know, going into puberty and all this, and there's a thing out there that if you have sex, there are something that can fucking kill you. Yeah. Not something that oh god, it burns when I pee and I need some <laughs> antibiotics. Like no, this can smoke you. Yeah. You know, and I think that is. Just yeah, it's incredible and it's scary as shit. But yeah, but we'll we're probably we'll probably talk more about this the next episode, even though we had a, a mini episode right there. Yeah. But next episode is going to be about maybe maybe things that definitely need to be ideas that need to be revisited. That very much people have forgotten the consequences of letting stuff go on. Yeah, un- very true. But till till episode eight, guys. Um, um, episode seven, we keep rolling, man. Yeah, this is episode seven, episode eight. Yeah. It'll be, uh, I don't know, maybe in a couple weeks. We'll see. Maybe a week, a couple weeks. Just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Later. All right. All right.